welcome to the True Tabernacle podcast channel. We hope that you find encouragement and inspiration during one of our sermons, discussions, or interviews. For more information regarding our faith community, connect with us on Facebook at our True Tabernacle page. And while you're at it, hit subscribe to this channel to stay connected. Thank you, Jesus. Well, everybody say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Why don't you just turn and shake somebody's hand tonight? Can we do that now? Amen. Thank you. Praise God. Praise God. Well, we are past Easter, and uh, we had a good crowd Sunday morning, and, and uh, seemed to have a good, good number of visitors that uh, were with us. Uh, some I did not know and got acquainted with, others I did know. Uh, but at the same time, uh, we were happy to have them all here. Amen. 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 It's very important for us to realize that even on a special occasion like Easter, we still have to be the church. Amen. Amen. And you say, what do you mean about that? Well, what I mean is, is sometimes we get a little intimidated when the visitors are here and we kind of just relax and let and let everything kind of flow through. In reality, we need to just raise our hands and worship God and let them see that what the experience we have is what they can have. That joy unspeakable and full of glory. Praise God. Hallelujah. Acts, the second chapter this evening. Now, uh, because of, of Easter, uh, going through Easter, I've got a few things. This is not the regular program, all right? So we're going to be talking about something that I feel is very important, very, uh, it's very interesting to me, but it's very important for the church because as we move into uh, uh, the days to come and the, uh, uh, the season that we are in, I think it's real important for us to get a hold of the fact that the Lord is coming. Yeah. Amen. Do you believe that tonight or do we still believe that the Lord is coming? Amen, for his church, and how many plans on going? Amen. Praise God. So I, I'm going to talk about something tonight uh, that I feel is very important, and I'm going to uh, try to get it done in a timely fashion, but uh, the five E's of church growth. So we're still in a teaching setting here, but the five E's of church growth. Acts 2, 40 uh, to 47, you're familiar with this. I've taught on, I went through Acts, all right? Amen, but we're going to parse this out here tonight. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. 
And all that believed were together and had all things common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they, everybody say they, they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. So there was a, a formula here, I believe, in these seven verses for the church that made them successful. And so tonight I want to I want to talk a little bit about uh, these five E's that will help us in as a church to help us reach our our family, our city, our world. Amen. We want God to just move and minister in a, world, in, in a great way. Lord, we thank you once again for your goodness, your mercy, your love and kindness for this opportunity that we have to come and share your word together. And I pray, God, tonight that uh, even those that are not with us that might be here viewing online, that, Lord, you would speak to each and every one of us, amen, and that we would uh, find ourselves in a place that we are yielding to you, that you might do your work in our lives and through our lives, and that we might fulfill your purpose for the church in this last day. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody say amen. 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 God bless you. Can you, you may be seated. I, 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 every day, of course, you know, we are bombarded with the news of things that are going on around the world, and I just can't help but feel, uh, uh, feel somewhat uh, overwhelmed or sad, if I can say, about the things that are happening uh, in uh, uh, Ukraine and, and the, and, uh, the uh, pastors and the missionaries and the church family that we have over there that basically... Um, uh, many of them have uh, have lost everything, and so um, I hope it's. A, I hope you have a, a prayerful heart about that. That God would protect them, uh, that uh, He would keep them, uh, because I know a good friend of mine that we sat on the on the district board together has has spent countless hours, days, weeks, over the years in in uh, Ukraine, uh, teaching uh, uh, their Bible school. And uh, a lot of students that came through that school and so on and so forth. But yet they, they worked a plan. So uh, look at your neighbor and say, church growth is not an option. Church growth is not an option. Amen. It's not an option. You read here uh, in the book of Acts how that it was a progressive thing. Once it started, amen, it just, it was a ground, there was a groundswell and things began to move. Church growth is necessary. Amen. It is a necessity. Amen. You have to have it. That's why every time we see an empty seat or a pew, we need to pray about that and say, God, fill that with uh, somebody that wants to feel your presence and your power and change life. Amen. And, and a lot of times we, uh, we are in a place of, of uh, survival. Amen. We were in a place of survival. But the church was not called to uh, be in survival mode. Uh, it was called to be in revival mode. Amen. That means we uh, approach it very seriously and we put everything we have to it. And so uh, having said that tonight, I believe that God has given us a commission. Right? A commission. In fact, Mark 16, uh, verse 15 and 16 says it this way. He said unto them, 
Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Now, you, we need to look at that and take it for what it means. It's serious. Amen. Church work is serious. Reaching for souls is serious. You and I being here tonight, amen, that's a great thing because we could have been uh, in, in many different areas. Some of us may have not even heard the gospel. Maybe, maybe something happened. I know I can, I can, I can, I can uh, pin that to my own life, amen, if it wasn't for adoptive parents that adopted me when I was young. I, I, I may have never known the truth, right? May have never known the truth. After I met my biological mother, she, she was of another persuasion, and uh, the family pretty much wasn't anywhere uh, what you would think church-wise, so I've got something to be thankful for, amen, amen. That, uh, that God allowed me to come into a home that, that actually uh, had truth, and they, uh, uh, and they brought me up in it, so thank God for it. So this scripture here in Mark is considered to be a uh, to be the great commission. So, what is a commission? You got your paper and pencil uh, or pen? What is a commission? Well, number one, uh, a commission is a formal written warrant granting the power to perform various acts or duties. That's commission. And, of course, we're more familiar maybe with another, the, 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 the second part here, a certificate conferring military rank and authority, also the rank and authority so conferred. So a military-type usage, but also we talk about things that we do in the natural. So we have been granted power. Scripturally, we have been granted power and authority to tell others about this great truth. We have been commissioned to do that. Amen. So you and I need to receive that and say, okay, Lord, I'm going to do what you uh, have asked me to do, and I'm going to reach out to the world. So Jesus has conferred his rank, or maybe I could say he's conferred his authority to us. So witnessing needs to become uh, compulsory. Amen. To us. Amen. It needs to be a compulsion. Uh, it needs to be something that drives us and said, I've got... I've got to do this. I must do this. I've got to present this gospel to this world, amen, that I live in. So church growth, it, it needs to be something that is second nature to us. It should not be a foreign thing to us. It should not be something that, 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 that we don't take seriously. Or we might say it's for, it's for them that's for somebody else it's not for me no the commission that he gave was to all of us somebody say praise the lord amen so it ought to be part of our second nature have you ever heard that phrase before man that's that's part of their second nature in other words that is something that that's part of who they are and i think as a church it needs to be something that's that's part of who we are Amen. So, uh, uh, you know, uh, sometimes we'll ask questions about church growth. We have gro church growth seminars. We have church growth uh, books. We have, uh, you know, Brother Howard, we've got stuff that you've read, I've read, we've all probably read about church growth. Because, why? Because there's, there's a little voice in us that says, this is the will of God. Amen. Amen. Ch the church is to grow, right? Amen. But I'm here to tell you also that, that growth is not necessarily numbers. 
Because you can have all the numbers in the world and not have the spiritual uh, health. Spiritual health is very important. So you and I need to work on our spiritual health so that when we grow, God can use us to help those that come in that are battered and bruised and, and their world has been turned upside down. And so sometimes we ask the question, what will make our church grow? I could ask that tonight. I could say, what would make our church grow? And we could get several different answers uh, right here, probably from the standpoint of outreach and, and talking to our neighbors or talking to different. And we, we could talk about that and, and, and we could do that. But I think the better question is, what is keeping our church from growing? Not what will help our church grow, but what is keeping our church from growing? And I'm not just talking about this local assembly. I'm talking about the church. What, what keeps us? But we're going to talk for the sake of, of us tonight. We're going to talk about what keeps us, what keeps our church from growing. It, it's not that we need uh, uh, to add anything else. Uh, to the schedule because we already have a busy schedule, right? Amen. How many says you're busy? All right. Now, sometimes, you know, when you, when you look at that, we could all probably do a little bit more. Everybody say amen. But we need to see what, what we can do to, uh, uh, you know, it's not like, it's not like uh, uh, do I need to add something else? You can add a lot of stuff and never get anything done right. But sometimes we need to look at it, look at our lives and say, what, or the church and say, what can I do to modify and improve an already dynamic church to become a great church? You know our worship services, you know. You know how uh, we can have great worship and, and the power of God comes in this place. And, and uh, if you didn't feel anything Sunday, then, then uh, uh, you know, uh, you better address that, amen, because it was there, amen. The Spirit of the Lord was in the house. So, so tonight, I'm going to talk about these five E's, five E's. Everybody say five E's. Let's go back, Acts 2, and read verse 40 and 41. And, when, and, and, and with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves, Miss Untoward generation. Save yourselves, Miss Untoward generation, this crooked generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day were added unto them about 3,000 souls. So this lets me know right here that, that there's a revival that could break out that could literally fill this building up in no time. Amen. And we want to, you know, we're talking about the other building and, 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 and all that kind of stuff. But, but really, in all honesty, the way I look at it is that there's a revival that can hit our church that could actually fill what we have up, and even the next building that we build back there and have that big open area, it could fill that up. You say, why? Well, because I'm believing that in our Spanish uh, church, they're going to have great revival. And I believe in the English-speaking church, we're going to have great revival, right? Amen. So I believe that, that God is fixing to do something greater than what you and I could ever even really comprehend. All right, so the first one is evangelism. Let's talk about that, evangelism. Amen. Everybody say evangelism. Amen. How will people know if we don't evangelize them? If we don't tell them? It's, it's the first one we want to deal with. In other words, here, here's, here's what it is, evangelism. We have a responsibility to our society to bring the best news 
that they will have ever heard. Right? You know, not too long ago, I was, I was going down through uh, in, in the office there, listening to some music, and so I, I kind of went to the, the news feed and I started reading, and it was nothing but depressing. Right? It was, it was so depressing that I just checked out of it. Right? Because, why is that? Because, you know, the Lord, there, there is room, there is place, there are people with the open mind that I'm living in a, in a depressing world and they need a little bit of light. They need some evangelism in their life. And, and that, that evangelism is bringing the gospel, the good news to them, amen, to let them know, hey, there is something more than what, than what the world's telling you. Evangelism is the heartbeat of God. And if it's a heartbeat of God, it needs to be our heartbeat. It it needs to be motivating us, amen, to say, God, what would you want? And it needs to be, and it should be the heartbeat of the church. Amen. Evangelism it has to be something in us that, that it, there, there, you, there has to be a, 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 some crusading zeal in there that says, you know, I've got to reach out to somebody. Always leaving yourself open for that opportunity that presents itself to you. Is everybody going to listen to what you got to say? No. Is everybody going to respond to what you got to say? No. In fact, I can tell you right now that there's that you might go through a hundred people before you find that one. But the Bible says if you find that one. It says that the angels rejoice over that one soul that repents. So don't get locked into the number. Get locked into that opportunity, that one that will end up presenting itself to where you can present the gospel. They've got a receptive heart and mind. And they repent of their sins. They're filled with the Spirit. They're buried in His name. Everybody says it's got to be my heartbeat. If it's God's heartbeat, it's got to be my heartbeat. So evangelism is the driving force behind church growth. You can't have church growth unless you got evangelism. And thank God we got we got some here that goes out. We had a we had a new Spanish family uh, Sunday because. Somebody knocked on their door. Somebody gave them a track. They reached out to Sister Mary Faye. And we were able to get the van, go get them, bring them here to church. Right? You, you don't know. We got people in our church today because somebody knocked on their door. Now, I realize that, that, that we live in a different world, and you got to be very careful. You never want to go by yourself necessarily. Amen. You, you almost want to, uh, you know, maybe we need to get the white shirt, the tie, and the bicycle. Just to let them know, hey, you know, we're, we're cool dudes, man. We're not here to harm you. We're here to present the gospel to you, right? Praise God. So, so it's something that's got to be the driving force. And the whole purpose of Christ being here on the earth was for evangelism. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. Praise God. Are you glad for that? Amen. That's Luke 19.10. That's my next scripture, right? He came to seek and to save that which is lost. So our work of evangelism needs to be uh, uh, needs to put a, uh, a, 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 a hunger. There needs to be a curiosity in us. Amen. 
uh, that, that will uh, inspire us to do the work of the kingdom. Right? So the first one is evangelism, right? Everybody say evangelism. evangelism. Read a little story. Maybe you've heard it before. There was a little kid, a little fella, uh, uh, who was returning home from the store with a pail of honey. How many likes honey? I love honey. Man, I can, I can, I can, uh, I, I'm going to digress here, Sister Moody. I like honey. I like honey so much that used to, we don't at the house now, we just get the smooth peanut butter, right? How many likes the smooth peanut butter? Because not everybody can eat nuts, right? But when I was a kid growing up, we'd get, well, we did too, we did too. But the smooth peanut butter. But Sister Lyle, have you ever taken a bowl, dip the peanut butter in the bowl, take your honey, put the honey, whip it up, and get you some saltine crackers or get you some toast? Oh, that'll make your tongue slap your brains out. I, I like honey. So this little boy was coming back with a pail of honey. And, and, and a gentleman who was walking beside him saw him slip his finger down in that pail of honey. Amen. And, 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 and then because this little guy, because his mother had always told him never to wipe his sticky fingers on his shirt or on his trousers. Right? Don't ever do that. And so uh, the gentleman approached him and said, Hey, Sonny, what have you have in that pail? And the little guy said, Honey, sir. Honey is sweet. Yes, sir. How sweet is your honey? It's very sweet, sir. Well, I don't understand you. I asked you how sweet your honey was, and you have not yet told me how sweet it is. And the little boy said, why? It's very, very sweet, sir. Well, you're funny, little fellow. I asked you how sweet your honey is, and you just tell me it's very, very sweet. Now can you, can't you tell me really how sweet your honey is? And the little kid got a little frustrated with what was going on. And uh, after he kept asking him how sweet, and he kept telling him it's very sweet, it's very good, and, uh, but, but, he, but he asked again, can you tell me how, how sweet it is? And the little, the little guy, so frustrated with it, ended up sticking his finger down into the honey and holding it up. He said, taste and see for yourself. <laughs> now, you know what the scripture says? Taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. You see, there's, there's, there's something that's got to motivate us to say, look, I, somebody can say, how was church? Oh, it was great. Well, how great was it? It was great. You know, well, how, you know, wh- what did you all do? Well, we sang, man. It was, it was great. You know, how great? No, you want them to get to the point to where you can, you can actually dip your finger in it and you can say, taste and see how sweet it is. Taste and see how good it is. And the only way that will happen is if you and I participate in that and realize that it's not just a question I want to answer. Amen. It's a gospel that I want to present. Taste and see. Taste and see. Amen. Praise God. Turn to your, turn to your neighbor and say, we are called to be an evangelist. You know, we think of evangelism as a so a speaker that comes by and, uh, and speaks to us. And they are an evangelist. And they come in and they stir us up and things like that. 
our thing is that once you get stirred up, you should never go back to where you were at. We ought to, we ought to go from that place and begin to move forward and, and just say, okay, God, this is what you want from me. Amen. So, so the product of our evangelism uh, is important. And it's those wanting a taste. Amen. You're wanting them to come and taste and see that he's good. In other words, what are they doing? They're checking us out. Do you, have, do you really have what you say you have? Is it as good as you say it? Now, how many times have you done this before? How many times have you done this before? Oh, that, that pie looks so good. Right? It is good. Yeah. Oh, it really looks good. I wonder who made that pie. Finally, you know, you'll go through that for a minute, Brother Howard, and all of a sudden, you'll just say, hey, try it. Right? That's, that's the way it is. Where, where, I can't remember where we were at. I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a blank here. But we were somewhere, and, and, and we were eating. And when we got done eating, uh, all of a sudden, you know, hey, it was uh, somebody's birthday. And, and so uh, uh, we uh, got a piece of carrot cake. And, and, and Sister Lyle, I'm telling you, it was as big or bigger than Mitchell's fish house. You know how big that carrot cake was, okay? It was huge. Five of us ate off of that carrot cake. Five of us. Five. And I'm telling you, it was good. It was delicious. It was absolutely scrumptious, as my mom would say. Scrumptious. And so we ate that. But you, 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 you got something, and somebody's looking at your life, and they're saying, is it that good? Man, you seem happy all the time. Is what you have that good? Oh, yeah, it's that good. You've got to realize that there's going to come a time. They're going to ask you. You need to stop for a moment and say, wait a minute. Amen. Oh, yeah, it's so good. You need to try it. Let me, let me tell you how good God is and begin to present the gospel to them. That's what, that's what evangelism is all about. It's people checking us out. And, and, and sometimes they're checking us out, Elder, to see if we really believe it. There's a lot of people that will address it. There's a lot of people that, you know, the ladies will have their dresses down here and we'll all live godly lives. But believing it's a whole other story because I know a lot of people that have dressed like it. But if they had any, they were fortunate. They could go, but they never really responded enough to where God could do something. So they put on the facade so people would leave them alone. But in reality, they were starving spiritually. Hear me tonight. That's why people are checking. Turn to your neighbor and say, people are checking you out. All right, I got to hurry. Amen. Number two, encourage. Everybody say encourage. This is a big one. Verse 42 says in Acts 2, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, and in breaking of bread and in prayers. Amen. Fellowship is a mainstay of the church. No fellowship, no church. You need to fellowship with your brothers and sisters in the Lord. You actually need to fellowship or bring people to your fellowship, young people. When you have something going on, you need to bring friends to your fellowship. And they're like, what are you picking on me for? 
Seniors, we have our deal tomorrow night. We ought to be inviting people. They may not come right now to the house of God on a service night, but we can get them there. And if they'd have came last time, they would have heard some good singing. That's right. Food, fun, fellowship. By the way, I'm in charge. My wife said, I got to go get the meatballs tomorrow. So you can bank on, we're going to have meatballs. We're going to have a lot of meatballs. <laughs> That's right, Elder. Amen. So if you're a senior, what's the age? 60 on up. If you're 60 on up, you need to come tomorrow night if you're, all, if you're able to. And if you've got a family member or friend that's in that age bracket, bring them on. Amen. Let us love on them a little bit. Let them know we're not that bad of people. We're good folk. Right? And if they'll come, they're going to sense something different. Amen. About who we are. Right? Amen. Somebody say praise the Lord. So we got to encourage. Fellowship is the mainstay. This is why we go, uh, you, know, uh, you know, when you go to a, a restaurant. Why do you go to a restaurant? You go to fellowship. You say, well, I go to eat. Well, if you don't have fellowship, then that's boring. You know, I don't really like to go by myself. In fact, I don't go by myself. You know, I have before, but it ain't fun. Man, if, I, if I'm going to go out and eat, I want to fellowship with somebody. So we have to realize fellowship is important in the house of God. So all of our different uh, uh, functions, uh, you, know, uh, you know, we need to look at uh, because, because the fellowship is encouraging to people. Amen. No matter what it might be. What, what the, you know, our young people, they've got the, they've got the uh, uh, we used to call it the kickoff rally, the Chiefs of Christ. They call it the Move the Mission now. They've got that coming up Friday. They've got all these different things. And the seniors, we got our things. And we're trying to get, we're trying to do the fellowship thing because it's very important. Why? You need to come together in fellowship as the body. You've got to have that time together. Amen. Because a lot of times you pray. A lot of times you eat. A lot of times you'll sing songs. A lot of times you might play a game or whatever. But yet it's so important and refreshing as a group. Do you know how many seniors stay at home all week long and really don't have a whole lot of things to do? That's why when we get together, it's important. That's why some of these ladies on Tuesday, they go to Bob Evans. They know them at Bob Evans. They get the same waitress usually every time, right? Amen. They get that same waitress and they have their moment. They have their time. And I'm sure if you want to join them, you let them know. And they'll, you know, they'll, they'll, they, they can make the table big and, and, and y'all can go and enjoy Bob Evans down at the farm. Fellowship. It's not always about the food. If you just wanted to eat a drink a cup of coffee, and that's all you wanted to do, that's all you have to do, because it's a fellowship. As a church, it's important, it's paramount to have fellowship. No fellowship, you kind of feel isolated. No fellowship, you could die. The fellowship is encouraging, it's fun, no matter what we do. These functions help us bind together and help us to grow closer and gain strength, right? Oh, somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. New converts never need to come in that door and leave without anybody saying anything to them. And I can say one thing about this. Our church is pretty good at that. But sometimes when you notice that, 
Be looking around when church starts and be determined that you're going to make it. Now, let me say this, okay? You don't have to go and talk their ear off. No, you don't. You just go and say, hey, I'm so-and-so. Glad to have you here today. What's your name? Is this your first time? Well, you're going to... You may know, may not know, because there's been people that I've asked before that have been here a few times. Amen. But you go in and you begin to just something call. Man, I'm so glad to have you. Did, did anybody get your information? Da, 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 da. You know, and just, just, just right there, just, just 20 seconds, 30 seconds, not, nothing more than that, but just contact, touch them, and make them know that, hey, you are important. We're glad you're here. And then if they are a certain age group, if they're Spanish, like Sister Mary Faye and Brother Bobby, they'll tap them for Spanish and try to get them hooked into that. If they're a young person, then you guys hit them and try to get them anchored in something that you guys are doing, right? Where's the rest of the young people at tonight? <laughs> That's truth, right? Hook into them. Hook into them. I know they're busy. I know, I, know, I know there's some that come to Bible study, that, uh, but, but, yet, but yet they don't make it to church all the time. They do every now and then, but they don't make it all the time. And, and I'm, but I'm glad that, that somebody's teaching the Word of God. Right? Amen. So, so anything, whatever the activity is, it's important. Do you know how important the altar is? The altar. Here, let, let me just give you just a little point here, and, and, and I'm going to go on. But it's like this year, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm just going to go ahead and say it now. This year, Brother Anthony, we're going to spend more time in some of the particular holiday seasons. You say, what do you mean? Well, sometimes they catch us. But yet, if we go into Easter like we just did, Brother Howard, we went to Easter, but... Look at all there is there at Easter, Palm Sunday, our communion service, our foot washing. I, don't know, I know a lot of people don't like foot washing, but, but if you just come for communion, that's okay. That's okay. I'm not going to badger you. Should you wash feet? Well, you know, I hope you wash your feet. <laughs> I hope you do. Amen? But just to come and worship and pray and sing. But we have Palm Sunday. We have, so there is a time, Brother Howard, uh, that we work up to that. So with ministry, we're going to be more attentive to that, those holiday times where we come up. Christmas, Christmas time. Well, really, that's the birth of Christ. So we want to spend a little bit more time kind of working our way up to that. It's more than just the exchanging of gifts and the different parties we have, but it is a time that, that we must celebrate the birth of Christ. And, and, and Easter, the same thing. We, 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 we want to get to that place to where, I don't know, I think my dad used to have some sunrise services. You know? Everybody's looking at me now like crazy. I'm just throwing this out there, and, and they would do a breakfast or whatever, and it'd be a sun, they'd get up early and come down for a sunrise service. I mean, you know, it's, it's things that we need to look at, you know, uh, but pastor, we will be really tired. Well, here's the way I look at it this way now. You know, back then they had two services on Sunday on Easter, so I could get it, but if we only have the one, sun, one service on Sunday, then everybody spends time with their family, then there's some other things that I think we can add in there, Right? Right? 
Right? Altar. Amen. Let me tell you something right now. Can I just kind of, will you not, will you not, will you not tear me up too bad if I say this? Listen to me. I know we just came through COVID. I know everybody's still kind of a little scared. Thank the Lord they did the mass thing. Amen. But understand this. Understand this. When we have an altar call in special occasions like that or we have a service, what our visitors need to see is our church family connected to the things of God. Right? We worship. We sing. And when the altar call's made, we come to the altar. Now, I'm not the big bad boogeyman. I'm not going to harp on people coming to the altar. So don't, don't think I'm going to do that. But I'm just giving you a suggestion that people need to see that w- what this means to us. If we are invited to the altar and we come to the altar and we raise our hands and we're worshiping God and people, I want them to feel more comfortable coming to the altar because if nobody's up here in the altar, they ain't coming. They're not coming. Bottom line. They're not going to step out where we're looking at them like, oh, who's this? Who's this newbie? No. No, we make that move. And if they want to come with us, and if it's somebody that's with us, then we, they, they more, they're more often not going to come up with that or going to come with us if we do. And if not, that's fine too, but they're going to see us. Right? Don't get quiet on me. Amen. Our, our new converts need interaction. Our visitors need to be tapped. Bible studies, various activities, altar work. Amen. All of those kind of things. We need to be a part of it. And when you do altar work, you don't have to attack them. And sometimes when you do altar work, see this? I want them to get the Holy Ghost and I, my breath, I don't want my breath to be a distraction. Why is that? Because a lot of times before church, I drink coffee in my office. And I'm telling you right now, coffee breath is really not all that enticing. You start praying with somebody in their face and, they, and, you're, and you're talking, they're going to be going like this and it's not going to be the Holy Ghost. That's not my notes. I just thought I'd throw that in there. Amen. But fellowship provides a way of changing. See, here's the deal. Sometimes you got to realize that in this world, when you, come, when you are in the world and you come out of the world, you got to real, your playgrounds have to change. Right? Amen. Your playgrounds have to change. Your playthings have to change. Your, the people that you, that you did things with, a lot, they got to change because a lot of that world, they haven't, they, they, they're still there. The anchor's still there. So you need to realize that I, I come out. What did he say? Come out from among them. Be you separate, saith the Lord. Now that doesn't mean you isolate yourself. That just means that I got to give myself some time to get my feet out, get my feet underneath me spiritually where I'm strong enough to go back into the playground. And reach those people. Right? Amen. 1 Thessalonians 5.11. Amen. What's the Bible say here? Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another even as also ye do. Wherefore, comfort yourself together. So, the next one is edify. Everybody say edify. Edify. What does edify mean? It literally means to instruct 
and improve, especially in moral and religious knowledge. Amen. Edify. I want to be, be somebody that encourages and lifts them up through the word of God. I want somebody to be there to, if they're struggling with something in their life, I want to be able to help them. Amen. And once again, let me, let me get just bear out. If somebody confides in you about something they're going through in life, that's nobody else's business. You understand? So if they confide in you, you zip your lip. You don't tell nobody about it. You be the strong shoulder that they can lean on. You help them. And you, and you strengthen them any way you can. And if there's a time where you feel like you can't, then you can address that with them and say, hey, maybe you need to talk to the pastor. Right? Edify. Amen. We, folks, we've got to have Bible studies. We've got to have church services if you're going to grow. Not, you know, sometimes, and, and I don't say this in a bad way, okay? So please don't, don't misunderstand me. But, you know, in this day and time, we have a lot of people that are cutting a lot of church out and they're filling it with a lot of other things all right things don't save people the power of God saves people right and so if I've got Wednesday night we got Wednesday night Bible studies Sunday morning Sunday night and of course you know on holidays we just do Sunday morning but I'm I'm here if we make that service power and we get them but really honestly you know throughout the year we have a lot of Sunday evening services that we need to make sure we are pumped up for and and we're reaching out people Bible studies Bible studies are the key where you get in people's homes and you're able to teach them church services are paramount we should always come expecting something powerful to take place Proverbs 15, 28, the heart of the righteous studieth to answer, but the mouth of the wicked poureth out evil things. Let me read that again. The heart of the righteous studieth to answer, but the mouth of the wicked poureth out evil things. Amen. Be careful what you say. Be careful what you say. Because in one moment you can destroy your reputation. You could have a great stellar reputation for 50 years, but one moment can destroy that. You say, but pastor, that's not fair. We all have our, our weak moments. That's why you stay where you need to be in, in God because he will help you keep that. Amen. Edify. Everybody say edify. I'm ne- I don't want to ever tear down. I want to build up. Amen. I don't want to talk about my brother and sister in the Lord because it might, it, that new convert might be destroyed because of that. Or somebody may never come to church because a topic was brought up and we say something negative about somebody else at church. We can't do that, right? Amen. So the heart of the righteous, study of the answer. I want a good answer for people. I want the right answer for people. And I don't want my mouth to be full of wicked things that, 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 that's just poured out. So edification, everybody say edification, is not an option. <laughs> our hunger for the word of God should be effective and cause growth in our church. We need to be moved by it. Moved by it. Amen. So everybody say edification. Edification, edification, edification. Lift up, lift up, lift up, build up, build up, build up, build up. Never tear down. Always have good things to say. Don't, don't, don't let negativity get in your mouth to where you're always tearing somebody down. 
Amen. Always do that. Always do that. Lift up, lift up, lift up. Exaltation is powerful. Exaltation. Exaltation. Everybody say exaltation. All right. Acts 2.42 said this, and they continue steadfastly in apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking bread, prayers. Amen. So number one, praying is a form of exalting God. Right? We know praising is, right? When I praise God, I'm exalting God. Psalm 34, 3 says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name. Amen. Everybody say his name. What is that name? Let's do it together, right? Isaiah 25, 1. Oh, Lord, thou art my God. I will exalt thee. I will praise thy name for thou hast done wonderful things. Thy counsels of old are faithfulness and truth. Amen. I got a question tonight. Has the Lord done anything good for you? If the Lord's done something good for us, we need to exalt him for it, right? Amen. Every testimony that we do should be, it should focus on exalting him. Look what the Lord hath done. Listen. Amen. See, amen, that the Lord is good. Every song we sing needs to exalt him. Every time we raise our hands, it shouldn't just be a, a form or a ritual. But when we raise our hands, it is in exaltation to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Right? Praise God. And I, I'm, I'm losing time here, so I'm going to go to the last one. The last one is equip. Everybody say equip. If we don't equip each other for the work of the church growth, we will fail our society that we live in, our community. We have to equip. We have to equip. If we don't equip, if we don't equip, you know what? The Bible talks about iron sharpeneth iron. Amen. So if you go out with a brother or a sister or whatever, you go out to eat, amen, and you're able to sit there and talk Bible, talk scripture, iron sharpeneth iron. If you're able to go there and begin to, to talk about the word of God, you're going to go away blessed. Amen. You know what? Because I'm going to sit here and tell you right now, amen, I'm not the sharpest pencil in the, in, in the drawer, amen, or the sharpest tool in the shed. But I do know this. I go and talk to people, and when I talk to people, there's a lot of things I learn, and I hope they learn something from me. But when you go there and you say, you know what, excellent, I'm going to equip, I'm going to equip, I'm going to get equipped, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be an equipper. Right? Amen. Let me tell you what Ephesians 4, 11 through 12 from the, from the RSV says. And his gifts were that some should be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers. Why? To equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. You cannot build a building without the proper equipment. Right? And you can't do it. There's a lot of things you're going to need. You can stack the wood out there and you can say, yeah, we're going to build a building. But you don't have the equipment. You've got to have the equipment to build the building. You can't pave a highway without the proper equipment. You've got to, you got to have the equipment and you've got to have uh, the supplies. <clears throat> you, can't, you can't have telecommunications without the proper equipment. You can have your cell phone with you all, you all you got, but if there's not a tower out there, you're lost. There's a series of things that have to take place. 
There's satellites in the heavens. There's towers out there. There's, there's waves that are ricocheting all over the place. Amen. So if you want, if you want to have that, you've got to realize you've got to have the proper equipment. You can't have church growth without proper equipment. We've got to know the Word of God. Amen. We've got to understand who the Son has set free is free indeed. We've got to understand that it's, that it's power, His presence that sets us free. <clears throat> we need to be equipped. Why? For the last days that we live in, folks. There's people out there that are living in despair. I mean, they, they don't know which way. They don't know what's going to happen. Everybody now is working about, worried about, are we going to have a nuclear war? We need to have an answer for them. That's, that simply says, the Lord will give you peace. No matter what happens, we have hope in Him. Amen. So the only way we are equipped is if we follow this pattern. Evangelism, encouragement, edification, exaltation brings equipped. You've got to have them. We're living in the last days, and it does matter. It does matter if we, it does matter if we are engaged in the kingdom of God. Don't disengage in your spiritual walk with God. Engage. Don't throw the thing in neutral. Put it in drive. Because we want to see God do great things in our lives. Amen. So I encourage you tonight. Amen. We're, you, this last weekend... Uh, and, and this since last weekend, I've got some things and I've articulated that. Uh, and, and, and the thing I want to do is to make sure that you and I, when we approach some of these holidays, we're going to do our best, amen, some of these special services and these special times of year. We want to focus and dig deep into what that's all about. Amen. Communion, we do it a couple times a year, but I'm wanting to go to at least three times a year and maybe even four times a year. Is that all right with you folks? Amen. You say, why is that important? Well, I want people to realize communion is a valuable part of our relationship with God. Amen. It's, it's recognizing his broken body. It's recognizing the blood that was shed on Calvary that covers a multitude of sins. And when we approach communion, we need to do it reverently. And we need to teach our kids to do it reverently. When we do foot washing, amen, you got to say, you brought that up again tonight. And we had a visitor, been a few services, and so I went back, and I talked to him, and I said, hey, this is what we're doing tonight. If you're not comfortable, that's okay. Don't worry about it. And then and I said, the men are going over here in the nursery, which was too small, but, or not the nursery, but the prayer room is too small. I said, if you want to come with us, then come on over. And just and I sat by him. And then after a moment, uh, people were finishing up. And Brother Howard, it was you, wasn't it? I think it was. Had said, would you like your feet washed? And, and he obliged. He obliged and said, yes. And Brother Howard washed his feet. Right? Folks, that's, that's basically a visitor. A visitor. You and I, as saints of God, shouldn't worry too much. And I understand there's certain circumstances, stuff like that. I get that. But what I'm saying is simply this, that you and I need to kind of rethink the way we're thinking this thing 
And so I can remember as a boy, I can remember as a boy in the old church, they would take communion. And then after that, they would go in the back part of the church, and that's where they did their foot washing. Now, I can't tell you, some of you older folks over here could probably say, well, yeah, there were some people who didn't do it back then. I don't know, but I know the thing was packed out. And I also know that my dad, I think, used real wine. You know how I know that? Because when they went back to the foot wash and I was about five years old, I thought this was juice. And I was out on the platform drinking those little shots of juice until my dad caught me. And he let me know in no certain terms that was off limits. Let's stand together. So let's focus on those altar calls. Amen. And I'm going to be talking about, I'm going to be talking to our, our leadership, our, our ministry team and wives. And uh, we just need to make sure we tap into this altar and tap into these people. You don't, like I said again, you might just come alongside somebody and just pray with them. It might be a saint of God. If, I'll tell you right now, if you can't tell somebody, if you can't tell or not whether somebody's going through something in their life, you know, you may not know anything, but you may know that I'm just going to put my hand on the shoulder and I'm going to pray with them for a moment. You never know what that little prayer will do for somebody's life. Lord God, we thank you once again for this opportunity that we have to be in your house of worship. We thank you for your word because your word, as the scripture said, is a lamp unto our feet. And Lord, it should not be just a lamp unto our feet, but it should be a lamp unto our, to our society. And everywhere we walk, that light should shine. Lord God, help us to reach those that are, that are lost and they have no hope in this present world. But what you've done for us, God, we want you to do it for them. So help us, Lord, in, in every aspect that we talk about tonight. Amen. As we reach out to this world. Lord God, let us be that tool. Let us be that voice. Let us be that vessel. God, that you can use in this last time to reach those that are lost. We want them to be saved, and we want to be saved. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray, and let everybody say amen. amen. Praise God. So let me just kind of go over something before you, before you quit. Sunday morning, Sunday night, good to go. Beginning next Monday, they're going to start to dig out here. We're just going to take that nothing till Saturday, uh, till we come back to church on Sunday. We don't know how many days it's going to take out there. Uh, also, we want you to know that we're really working diligently on the, on the buildings. So the next business meeting, you say, why haven't we had a business meeting? I'm not going to have another one until we have a cost. All right? And so we'll come in and we'll let you know what the building's going to be and hopefully have you something to see. All right? So shake hands with one another and we will see you back Sunday morning. That is our prayer. Be careful. Be safe. And let the Lord be with you.